the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you'll get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of the Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Hello, San Antonio. Thank you so much for joining us today on this beautiful day. This is, in fact, the day that the Lord has made, and we choose to rejoice in it. Uh, you're listening to the Word in South Texas, AM 630 here, KSLR, and uh, this particular program is called The Church of the Week. My name is Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry Development here at the radio station, and we're so glad that you've tuned in today. What we like to do in these uh, these programs, Church of the Week, is we like to feature a church here within our community in San Antonio. We found out that so many people uh, listen to uh, our, all of the different teachers we have on the radio, which I think is fantastic. Thank you so much for listening. We have a lot of people that uh, watch a televangelist. They, they watch television and get their, their daily bread there or their weekly bread or their monthly bread. Um, but uh, we also found out that a lot, a lot of those people don't have a local church. They don't go somewhere. They don't have a certain person that they can call pastor. Uh, they don't have a group of people that they can call their brothers and sisters in Christ and someone that can help them and encourage them and pray with them. And So the, the whole reason we have this Church of the Week program is so that you, our listeners, can find out about some wonderful ministries we have here in our community. And so today we want to feature uh, Pastor Roger Prupart. He is with Wayside Chapel here in San Antonio. Everybody, I think, knows where Wayside Chapel is right off of 410. And uh, he's he's been here already for a while, and we just want to be able to talk to him a little while and find out what's going on there in the ministry. So, Pastor, thank you so much for joining us today. Mark, thank you for having me today. Absolutely. Uh, let's get started with you. Before we talk about the ministry and what God's doing there, let's just say, who is Roger? Where does he come from? <laughs> well, I'm kind of an anomaly in that I was born and raised in Dallas, Texas, but my dad is from Canada and my mom is from France. Uh-huh. That's where the last name Poupart comes from. Okay. And uh, I went to school at the University of Texas in Austin. I had my honeymoon here in San Antonio over 25 years ago. So, All right. Congratulations. Yeah, That's thank awesome. you. It was fun to come home. And uh, my wife sometimes tells me uh, I'm going to owe her big one day because I tell her each year I'm going to bring her back to where we had our honeymoon. I'll spare no expense. <laughs> and so, That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So... Um, when did when did you get started over here at Wayside Chapel? How did that come about? In uh, 2006, I came to Wayside Chapel, and uh, I had pastored churches in the Dallas area, Country Bible Church, which is 30 miles southeast of Dallas, mm-hmm. for about eight years. And we went up to Des Moines, Iowa, to uh, a church there for several years, and then came down to Wayside Chapel in 2006. 2006. This was always with the same denomination. No, this is the first time I've been a part of uh, Evangelical Free Church. Okay. It's really like a non-denominational Bible church, which uh-huh. is the uh, previous two churches that I pastored. Okay, very good. So 2006, give us a little bit of a history before you got here. Give us, mm-hmm. give us a little bit of the, uh, you know, the people that were the founders and, and how that came about. Sure, Wayside Chapel's been here in San Antonio for 52 years. Mm. Uh, we started out over off the Vance Jackson and uh, right on the corner of Wayside, which is where the name came from, and we were a little chapel. 
52 years ago, mm -hmm. about 50 people came together. And over the years, God has uh, blessed the ministry and it's grown. And we moved out to uh, 410, out there to 1705 Northwest Loop 410 yeah. in 1987. And uh, God has continued to grow his ministry there and bring lots of great people. I followed a, a pastor, Steve Troxell, who had been there for 34 years previous mm -hmm. to me coming. So uh, there's a great legacy yeah. in place that I'm, I'm able to build on. Yeah. So uh, tell me about your transition here to San Antonio. How did that come about? Well, I had a good friend up in Des Moines who was part of the Evangelical Free Church, and he knew Wayside was looking. And uh, Wayside has a strong commitment to world missions as mm. well as to expository preaching. Uh, that's teaching the Word kind of in a verse-by-verse -verse format yeah. in a relevant way to uh, today's culture. Mm. And so he said that this might be a good fit, knowing I was from Texas, and I got in touch with the church, and God did the rest and brought us here. That's awesome. So since 2006, you've been here and taken the reins. And mm -hmm. What's been going on at Wayside? Well, Wayside is, uh, is a wonderful church. Uh, our vision statement is that Wayside is a community rooted in the Word, reaching out to the world, and reproducing Christ's followers. Nice. And so the first part of being a community is what we see in the book of Acts, where they built a community to reach the community. And so as we come together as believers, we uh, fellowship and support and care and pray for one another. And then being rooted in the Word is kind of a dual meaning. It's where we first have a personal relationship with the living Word, Jesus Christ, So we believe uh, that we need that foundation of our faith and him as our savior. And once we come to know him, the living word, God calls us to be in an abiding relationship in his word uh, where we sink deep roots and we uh, grow as we study the written word of God. Yeah. And then as those who know him and we're in that abiding, fruitful relationship, that image of being in the vine, uh, we then reach out to the world. And as I said, Wayside has a strong world missions emphasis and one of the things we've really built on here in the community is starting in an Acts 1-8 model where we start locally and go globally. There so we've got some great outreaches in the community. One of our uh, wonderful partnerships is with Colonial Hills Elementary. We have uh, an outreach where we go into the public school there and we serve the teachers. We mentor the students. We just come alongside and partner. And then in the afternoons, uh, once a week, we have an after-school Bible club there, and that allows us to... Uh, just engage the kids with the parents' permission, and we've seen uh, over 150 kids come to know the Lord in the last four uh, years through that. Fabulous. Yeah, and so we're we're reaching out to the world both locally and globally. Yeah. We have uh, over 60 missionaries around the world that we support, and um, so God has given us that ability to reach out here, near, and far. And then the last part is to be reproducing Christ's followers. Is the, um, the, LM, the the school, is that mm -hmm. part of the um, the city uh, ISD? It is. Or is it, it, a private? Is. it is. It's a public school. So how are you able to walk into the public school as a ministry and, and take part in that? Sure. Well, what we did was we said because we're in the community and we want to we be good neighbors, churches sometimes are uh, known for being sit, soak, and sour places. Yeah. We come in, fill our heads with knowledge, and then we... We just don't grow uh, beyond just soaking up what we have. And we wanted to be like a sponge where we would squeeze that out into the community around <laughs> us. That's good. And so we said, you know, where where are the places that need help in our community? Yeah. And uh, we started there and we just contacted uh, the local principals and said, can we do a service project for the school? Come in. We know that funding is tight. And so we said, can we just come in and help clean up your property, uh, do some landscaping, paint, you know, serve you in any way. And then from there, we just continued to develop relationships. And we did teacher in-service 
things where we provided a luncheon and just prayed for the teachers and gave some classroom gifts and things. Again, just wanting to serve. And through those relationships, uh, the opportunities came to then have more and more outreach into the community and into that school community. That is so good to hear. Mm -hmm. You know, I think uh, a lot of times people, society just looks, uh, standing outside, they look at the church and they say, you know, they're they're just always asking for money. It's just all about them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, why do I need to be a part of that? And, you know, we've been blessed to be a blessing. And so when I hear of ministries that are going out and beyond their walls and really affecting their communities, I mean, I just, I just see Jesus all over that because that's exactly what he did. That's right. He didn't, he didn't have the mentality of build it and they will come, but he was out there in all the different places. And so I, I commend you guys. Thank you so much for, for your service to the community. Sure. Obviously your service to, to God first, but to the community and being Jesus with skin, (laughs) being, Mm -hmm. being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. So take us back a little bit. Uh, At what point in your life did you realize you're going to pastor? This is it. I'm going to do this. Well, it was probably my sophomore year in college, but the story begins earlier than that. Unfortunately, I grew up in a home that was not like you would like to see. I had a a father who was a wife and child abuser, Mm. uh, really severe abuse, and uh, I was kicked out of the house when I was 16 because I was winning most of the fights to protect my mom and my siblings. And in that situation, as I was growing up, I said, you know, I want to help people, maybe people who are in my situation. And so really the first step was uh, toward law enforcement. I I was actually a Dallas police officer for about 10 years. I worked my way through seminary uh, there in Dallas. I would work midnight to 8, and then I'd go to school in the morning, and then I'd come home and uh, sleep for a few hours, do my homework, and uh, then go back and redo that. So I did that for eight years Hmm. and uh, was able uh, to graduate. But that that was how I wanted to reach out. But in college, I was looking at being maybe a a counselor. I wanted Hmm. to be a Christian counselor and I knew that um, I needed to get a background in Bible and Dallas Seminary was a school I I knew taught the Bible so I said I'm going to go there get an MABS uh, a two-year bachelor's I mean master's of biblical studies but Mm -hmm. while I was there God just kind of moved me my sophomore year at UT from being a Christian counselor to wanting to be a pastor who counsels to ultimately going into the ministry and so when I graduated uh, UT Austin, I had a wife, or, or I was about to marry the woman mm-hmm. uh, that God blessed me with, Kim, and uh, I needed a way to pay for my wife as well as seminary, and I still have that desire to, to be a, a police officer, so God merged the two together and wow. let me have some great ministry all through those years on the streets. Very cool. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. What what, is, what has your wife said about the transition? Uh, from policeman to pastor, yeah. she says uh, sometimes you still need your bulletproof vest and gun, but you don't have those. And <laughs> <laughs> that is the truth. <laughs> you know. Wow. Yeah, it could be pretty uh, vicious sometimes. Well, but, yeah. you know, we're all sinful and fallen people. Yes, we are. And so uh, we're, we're all in the process of sanctification. Thank God for me. his grace. Amen. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, what has been going on since 2006 here in the past six years? What were some of the first things that you did? You can't you come in. And you say, okay, uh, I'm sure you didn't come in with the attitude, there's a new sheriff in town, but I'm sure there were some things that maybe needed to be looked at and uh, improved and things like that. What what were some of the first things, some of the first challenges that you faced uh, in coming into this congregation that uh, you knew you were going to have to get your hands on? Sure. Well, the first thing I wanted to do was just get to know who these folks were. I mean, God had obviously drawn them together. They were doing a great work in the city already. 
And so I just came in and I, I had the posture of saying, I want to love the people and be loved by them and mm-hmm. just, you know, preach and pray and, and God will give us uh, the direction. And so that's how we started and we got to know the folks and there were things that we saw. God had uh, given me a heart to reach into the community. As I said, we always had a great presence. Uh, it's always been a strong teaching ministry. Pastor mm-hmm. Steve did a good job doing that and uh, the heart for the world. But we weren't reaching into the local area as much as I wanted to see. And so that was one of the first things we did was looked at the Acts 1-8 model of ministry where they started locally and then went globally. Yeah. And so we started saying, how can we reach into the community? How can we get our people to put not just their money in the offering plate, but their lives in the offering plate to get them engaged locally? And so that was one of the first things that we tried to do. When you, when you start talking about getting out and doing more than just what you do within the four walls uh, of a church service, do you, did you face resistance? Uh, did you face excitement, people getting out and wanting to do more? Well, you face both. There were, there were people who were already doing that. Wayside had a great partnership with local ministries like Sam Ministries mm-hmm. here and One Way International and others in the community. But uh, Mark Twain once said, the only one who likes change is a baby with a wet diaper. And, uh, <laughs> and so there were times that, you know, as you started to move people into um, reaching beyond their comfort zone, yeah. uh, many people say, you know, I've had a, a long week, a hard week. I come to church to get filled up and just recharge, and we want to do that. Yeah. But Ephesians 4.11 says that the church is to be an equipping station, that that's we right. are to uh, equip the saints. And so my the job was not, ministry. that's right, it wasn't just come and see me do the ministry. It was let me pour into the people, let me help train them. So that's what we set about doing. How can we best get out of this mindset, Pastor, uh, the church, just generally speaking? How can we get out of the mindset that church is for me so that I can get replenished? So that I mean, I know you, you touched on a, on a key verse here in mm-hmm. Ephesians, um, but it's, it's a challenge sometimes to get folks out of, you know, your, I come to church for me, mm-hmm. uh, to I come to church so that I can be equipped and really get out there. How can we get past some of those barriers to really see more of the people that make up the body of Christ being the hands and feet of Jesus out in our workplace, out in our communities, out, mm-hmm. in, out in public places everywhere? Sure. Some of it is just having the, the posture of Jesus. I mean, he came to serve. It tells us in the scripture that the Son of Man came to seek and save those who were lost and yeah. to serve and not be served. And so if we're going to call ourselves a disciple, which means a follower, a learner, uh, we need to model the master and do what he he did for us. Mm. Jesus was called the rabbi. He's he's the teacher, mm-hmm. and so we need to learn from that. Uh, study the footsteps of Jesus Christ and what he did, and then do it ourselves. That's right. Very good. It's fantastic. Uh, I know you guys got a lot ton, tons of activities going on out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got ministries for all the different age groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of take us through maybe some of the different departments and the different things that uh, a family can experience in all the different departments you've got. Well, one of the great strengths of Wayside being a church that's been around for 52 years is that we have still a few of the founding members, and uh, we have people of all ages, all backgrounds in mm-hmm. our church, and again, we see that as a great strength. Some some churches have a lot of youth, or some churches have a lot of uh, senior saints, and Wayside's been blessed with both. And so what we, we do is we bring those two ministry groupings together. There's really about six generations represented in our pews. Wow, that's fantastic. As you think about the different age uh, demographic. And so we start, let's just start with the littlest ones. Uh, you know, many churches have great ministry to families with young, young children, but 
Uh, we see Sunday morning not just as glorified child care where we put the kids in a back building and mm. and entertain them. We we see discipleship and evangelism happening all the way at the very earliest steps. Nice. And so we have a, a wonderful children's ministry, a great team that uh, leads our folks there. And then we have a, a student ministry where we move those kids into that next stage of ministry and, and our students serve. Uh, just in a few weeks is a, is our student ministry Sunday and it's I get excited. I know a lot of pastors, when you turn the church over to the youth, you know, pray real hard that it doesn't blow up. And I'm going to be doing that as well. But we've, you know, our our students are going to serve as ushers, greeters, lead the prayer, our youth pastors preaching. And, I mean, there's hundreds of positions those kids are going to be filling Sunday morning. And so our students uh, are already catching our vision of being rooted, reaching, and reproducing. They they have several missions trips this summer where the kids – are going uh, both to several states in our in here in the U.S. and in an overseas trip to Guatemala to serve. So that missions mindset, where we're reaching out, we want the kids starting at a very early age. In fact, we have a uh, a family missions trip that we do, where elementary kids on up can go with their parents and serve in uh, New Mexico to some of the Native Americans that are there. And mm-hmm. so we, we try to start at a very early age and get those kids grounded and, and growing. And yeah. then we have a, a college and singles ministry where we've got a, a wonderful guy, Michael Loudermilk, who was a coach here at O'Connor High School. He's he's our new college and singles pastor, and he's going to be uh, reaching into the community as he's already been doing through seven years in the public school. And uh, a great godly guy, and so we're we're reaching into that. San Antonio has so many college kids, yes, and it's a it's a very critical stage where so many kids walk away from their faith, and, and mm. we see this as a time to come alongside and strengthen that and engage them. And our college kids serve in our student ministry in many cases as mentors. You know, they'll look at an older person and they can learn from them, but they really connect with a a person just a few years ahead of them. They yeah. think it's really cool that. Those kids are serving alongside them. And then we've got wonderful adult ministries. We have what we call adult Bible fellowships. It's really a fancy name for Sunday schools. Mm. And these are kind of creating uh, small group meetings within our church. There's about 2,000 people at Wayside, and so it can walk in and feel lost. So we kind of have what we call a foyer living room kitchen strategy. The, The foyer, if you think of your house, you come... Everybody comes to the foyer, the delivery man, a friend, others, they all walk through the front door. And that's Mm. kind of our large group gathering times, like the Sunday services. That's our foyer. Well, friends come into the living room and sit down. And so living room events would be kind of like our adult Bible fellowships. Mm. These are gatherings of 20 to 40 people within our church that you meet with week in and week out. And you can connect and get to have a community within the community. Mm. And then... The kitchen is where your best friends sit around the table and have coffee and intimate conversation, and that's our small group ministry. And so we move people. We want them in in the foyer, the living room, and the kitchen. So we have ministries for all the age groups, uh, not only for the adults and the ABFs, but we've got a a wonderful 55-plus ministry where, again, we look at the, the seniors in our church and we say this is a vibrant part of our congregation that has so much wisdom to share and the ability to give. Mm-hmm. Uh, those who are in the second stage of life, kind of that encore ministry stage where we don't want them to retire and just sit around. If they're still breathing, God's not done with them. Mm-hmm. And so we get them serving and uh, we have uh, outreaches into the community through 
a bunch of nursing home ministries where some of them go in and serve those who are unable to reach, you know, come to church on a Sunday. So those are just some of the things that we're doing. You've been listening to uh, Pastor Roger Poupart. He is uh, the pastor over at Wayside Chapel. They are an evangelical free church. Uh, The address there is 1705 Northwest Loop 410 here in San Antonio. Um, If you'd like to get a hold of their ministry, you can call them at uh, area code 210-344-1203. If you'd like to find out more information about the ministry itself, Wayside Chapel, simply go uh, onto uh, the internet at www.waysidechapel.org. Service times are Sundays at 9.15 a.m. Blended traditional worship is at, uh, is at 9.15. And then at 11 a.m., they've got a contemporary worship service. Pastor, what, uh, what's going on with, uh, w- with the church as far as uh, vision? Tell us about some of the things that are coming up. What do you see God doing? What are some of the next steps that uh, you guys are about to take as a church? Sure. Well, again, part of our, our vision is to be that community that's rooted in the Word, reaching out to the world and reproducing Christ's followers. And so as we're trying to reach into the community, one of the things that we're doing is saying, how do we engage San Antonio? How do we reach into our community here? And we've got some exciting things that are going on. Uh, when I came to Wayside, you were asking what were some of the changes. You know, we're in a, a predominantly Hispanic community, and mm-hmm. Wayside didn't have a large inreach into that community. And so one of the things we did was we said, how do we, how do we reach into that community? And uh, one of the things we found is that within San Antonio, you have families that are a mixture of uh, Spanish-only speaking, those who are bilingual, and those who are English-only. Maybe the kids today in a three-generation home speak more English than Spanish, and then the the adult children would be bilingual, and uh, the grandparents might be Spanish-only. So we started a uh, Spanish ministry called El Puente, the Bridge, one of our adult Bible fellowships is a Spanish-language-only ABF, so you can come to Wayside and be in a community where your heart language is spoken. And then if you come to our 11 o'clock contemporary service, we have a simultaneous Spanish translation that takes place. So while I'm preaching in English, we have a great team of uh, folks at Wayside that are bilingual that are translating simultaneously into Spanish. That's fantastic. And it's funny to watch some weeks. I can see them up in the the sound booth Uh, in the balcony uh, and— they're kind of standing up going, Despacio, you know, yeah, slow yeah. down, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're, you're well, watching. Some of that expository, maybe some of that is like, uh, how do you say that in Spanish? <laughs> well, I, tr- I try to give them a pretty healthy set of notes pre-service, okay, you good. know, on Friday so that yeah. they kind of know where I'm going. But uh, one dear sister named Yolanda will come to me and say, brother, you were off message today. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, Yolanda, I've got to let the Holy Spirit move. That's and right. so. Uh, they do a great job, and so uh, that's one of the ways that we're trying to reach into the community and just say, how can we serve a family where you can come in one car and the grandparents can, can worship the Lord in their heart language, the adults can choose which which one do I want. Do I want to hear Spanish or English today? Mm-hmm. And the kids can be uh, in those wonderful ministries we have for discipleship, reaching out. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's just one of the ways that instead of, uh, separating out, we're saying, how do we reach in and build this community at Wayside where everybody's together? Pastor, when when the lights go off, mm-hmm. service is over, everyone goes home, and you finally get to go home and rest after mm-hmm. after uh, delivering a message from from the Holy Ghost. How do you measure success? What do you look at and say today was a good service mm. versus uh, how, how how do you measure 
the success. Yeah, I know. You know, one of the things that I've learned in almost 20 years of ministry is that every Sunday is a good Sunday because no matter if I feel like I hit a foul ball, got on first base, or hit a home run, I found that God is at work Mm. each and every week. It may be that just one person uh, had their life changed. If one person comes to know the Lord that Sunday, uh, that was an eternal impact, and that's a great service. And if people, that's a great answer. <laughs> yeah, and if people uh, were encouraged, that came in with no hope, just were on fumes, uh, and they went home saying, "There's hope for Monday. Uh, I can I can get through another day, another week." Mm-hmm. Again, that's a win. Um, when the music isn't all that I wanted it to be, I just remind myself that the music's not for me. It's is for an audience of one. Yeah. And each and every week, uh, people worship the Lord with their heart. They just pour out their praises. And, and I'm somebody that I always make sure my mic is off during the worship because I sound like a wounded coyote. <laughs> I really do. That'd be really. <laughs> and uh, I, just, I just let people know we are here to uh, honor the Lord and serve an audience of one. And so, um, you know, God's blessed us with so many gifted folks. Our, our contemporary worship leader, Ryan Fonseca, it's a real gift to us. He was at Oak Hills for a while, and mm. God brought him over, and he's he's just energized our contemporary service. In fact, we're looking within about 18 months having to probably go to another second service of awesome. contemporary music. And our 915 service is a blended traditional because um, there are people whose heart language is, is more of the hymns and more of the high church. And so we have choir and orchestra and organ as as well as you know contemporary choruses and and part of that is just to say how do we serve those whose heart language those who helped found this church you know mm. we're we're sitting under the shade of the trees they planted yeah and so we want to help them finish well and worship the lord and so wayside one of the the benefits is we're a large enough church that we can offer uh those two unique styles and have enough gifted uh, folks to be able to lead both types of of music well. Well, Pastor, in these uh, this closing minute, why don't you just um, ask invite folks over to come by and visit you? Sure. Well, we would love to have you come and be a part of the family at Wayside Chapel. If you're already in a good Bible teaching church, we're not trying to steal sheep. But if you're looking for a home where you can be built up and fed and grow and be used to impact the the world, uh, we would love to have you at Wayside Chapel. So please come and worship with us. Pastor Roger Pupart of Wayside Chapel, um, thank you so much for being here with us. We appreciate your time and, and coming out here and just sharing what God, what God is doing out there at, uh, at Wayside. Thank you, Mark. God bless you guys. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you've got a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church If you would like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.